Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the June 1st episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1179 through 1186 of the Catechism. Where is the liturgy celebrated? 1179. The worship in spirit and in truth of the new covenant is not tied exclusively to any one place. The whole earth is sacred and entrusted to the children of men. What matters above all is that when the faithful assemble in the same place, they are, they are the living stones, gathered to be built into a spiritual house. For the body of the risen Christ is the spiritual temple, from which the source of the living water, incorporated into Christ by the Holy Spirit, we are the temple of the living God. When With 1180, when the exercise of religious liberty is not thwarted, Christians construct buildings for divine worship. These visible churches are not simply gathering places, but signify and make visible the church living in this place, the dwelling of God with men reconciled and united in Christ. 1181. A church is a house of prayer in which the Eucharist is celebrated and reserved, where the faithful assemble, and where is worshipped the presence of the Son of God, our Saviour offered for us on the sacrificial altar for the help and consolation of the faithful. This house ought to be in good taste and a worthy place for prayer and sacred ceremonial. In this house of God, the truth and the harmony of the signs that make it up should show Christ to be present and active in this place. 1182. The altar of the new covenant is the Lord's cross from which the sacraments of the Paschal Mystery flow. On the altar, which is the centre of the Church, the sacrifice of the cross is made present under sacramental signs. The altar is also the table of the Lord, to which the people of God is invited. In certain Eastern liturgies, the altar is also the symbol of the tomb. Christ truly died and is truly risen. 1183. The Tabernacle is to be situated in churches in a most worthy place with the greatest honour. The dignity, placing and security of the Eucharistic tabernacle should foster adoration before the Lord really present in the Blessed Sacrament of the altar. The sacred chrism, Miron, used in anointings as the, sacred, as the sacramental sign of the seal of the gift of the Holy Spirit, is traditionally reserved and venerated in a secure place in the sanctuary. The oil of catechumens and the oil of the sick may also be placed there. 1184. The chair of the bishop, the cathedra, or that of the priest, should signify his function of presiding over the gathering and of directing prayer. The lectern, or ambo, the dignity of the word of God, requires that in the church there is a suitable place from which it may be proclaimed, and towards which the attention of the faithful naturally turns during the liturgy of the word. 1185. The gathering of the people of God begins with baptism. A church must have a place for the celebration of baptism, the baptistry, and for fostering remembrance of the baptismal promises, the holy water font. The renewal of the baptismal life requires penance. A church then must lend itself to the expression of repentance and the reception of forgiveness, which requires an appropriate place to receive penitence. The Church must also be a space that invites us to the reconciliation 
sorry, to the recollection and silent prayer that extend and internalize the great prayer of the Eucharist, 1186. Finally, the church has an eschatological significance. To enter into the house of God, we must cross a threshold which symbolizes passing from the world wounded by sin to the world of the new life to which all men are called. The visible church is a symbol of the Father's house toward which the people of God is journeying and where the Father will wipe every tear from their eyes. Also for this reason, the church is the house of all God's children, open and welcoming. Okay, so this catechesis that we received today on the place where the church, where the liturgy is celebrated. That again, remember, the first thing is the Christian is called to worship God in spirit and in truth. We don't need any particular place. We can worship God wherever we want. Wherever we can. That uh, when the Pope comes to a place many times, he celebrates in a stadium. He celebrates outside. He celebrates somewhere in uh, other than, uh, than in a church. Again, sometimes he has meetings in churches as well. It depends on where he, are, where he is. And again, it's perfectly allowable for uh, if you're going to retreat or something and it's in a hotel and you celebrate in a, in a banquet hall in the hotel if it's a worthy place, that's, but that's, that's fine. Going on a pilgrimage, maybe you celebrate outside. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, in times of persecution, obviously the church can't have buildings. And so like in Ireland, you had uh, for a long time the church met around mass rocks in the most obscure, out-of-the-way places they could get to, they celebrated outside on a rock in the rain. And yet, what was important was the people gathering to celebrate. This is the most important thing. That being said, when the church is in a position to have a dedicated building called a church, again, the difference is usually that the churches in the Universal Catholic Church has a capital C and the building has a small c. It was the same word. So when you build a church, if you're able to, if the church isn't being persecuted, you build a church, and this church should be a beautiful place. A place that has appropriate, especially for the celebration of the Eucharist. This is the most important thing the church does. It's not that it's a bingo hall for six days of the week, and on Sundays, reluctantly, it's converted into a place to celebrate Mass. No, the primary function has to be the celebration of the Eucharist, then uh, all these other uh, parts that I've mentioned here, all these other aspects of celebration, which are, uh, again, very nice to have the tabernacle in a worthy place. And that worthy place depends on the culture, depends on the building. Sometimes you have to see what makes sense. In many churches, yes, it is to have it in the middle. In other churches, maybe not. In St. Peter's Basilica, it's not in the middle because the church is basically a tourist attraction, so there's a very beautiful chapel to the side, to the right after the Pietà, when you walk in. So again, it has to be what makes sense. That's why it doesn't say it has to be here or it has to be there, because every building is different, the needs of every building is different. That, uh, But again, these things should be done beautifully, these things should be done as well as possible. Again, a very poor community might not be able to have the most beautiful thing going, but especially the richer communities, especially places where people have a bit more money, 
not the super rich, but people who have a bit more money, can afford to do very beautiful churches. Although some of the most beautiful churches were built by the pennies of the poor, but still, to build a beautiful church, to have beautiful things in it, a beautiful tabernacle, a beautiful altar, to have everything well, everything good, so the church can also be fulfill these other functions. The function of the celebration of the Mass, a place for adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, a place for confession, a place for meditation, that has many different uses, and a sense also to make God present in a neighbourhood. That the church is a place that can say to those who are outside, here God dwells with men. Here the Lord is present. Which is why, again I'll try not to get into a diatribe again, but it's why the church has to be beautiful. That we need beautiful churches. We don't need the cheapest church we can possibly buy, but we need a beautiful church. To build beautiful buildings, to build beautiful churches. This is what we're called to do. This is what Christians are called to do. And really, it's something that is an investment for the future, an investment for future generations, but it is something that really all of us are invited to make the church as beautiful as we possibly can. So I'm going to continue now with the in brief reading. In brief, 1187. The liturgy, of the, work, the liturgy is the work of the whole Christ, head and body. Our high priest celebrates it unceasingly in the heavenly liturgy with the Holy Mother of God, the apostles, all the saints, and the multitude of those who have already entered the kingdom. 1188. In a liturgical celebration, the whole assembly is liturgos, each member according to his own function. The baptismal priesthood is that of the whole body of Christ but some of the faithful are ordained through the sacrament of holy orders to represent Christ as head of the body. 1189. The liturgical celebration involves signs and symbols relating to Christians, to creation, candles, fire, water, human life, washing, anointing, breaking bread, and the history of salvation, the rites of the Passover, integrated into the world of faith and taken up by the power of the Holy Spirit, these cosmic elements human rituals and gestures of remembrance of God become bearers of the saving and sanctifying action of Christ. 1190. The liturgy of the word is an integral part of the celebration. The meaning of the celebration is expressed by the word of God, which is proclaimed and by the response of faith to it. 1191. Song and music closely connected to the liturgical action. The criteria for their proper use are the beauty expressive of prayer the unanimous participation of the faithful and the sacred character of the celebration. Sacred images in our churches and homes are intended to awaken and nourish our faith in the mystery of Christ. Through the icon of Christ and his works of salvation, it is he whom we adore. Through the sacred, Im- through the sacred images of the Holy Mother of God, of the angels and of the saints, we venerate the persons represented. 1193. Sunday is the Lord's Day, is the principal day for the celebration of the Eucharist because it is the day of the resurrection. It is the preeminent day of the liturgical assembly, the day of the Christian family, and the day of joy and rest from work. Sunday is the foundation and the kernel of the whole liturgical year. 1194. The Church, in the course of the year, unfolds the whole mystery of Christ 
from his incarnation and nativity through his ascension to Pentecost and the expectations of the blessed hope of the coming of the Lord. 1195. By keeping the memorials of the saints, first of all the Holy Mother of God, then the Apostles, the Martyrs and the other saints, on fixed days the liturgical of the liturgical year, the Church on earth shows that she is united with the liturgy of heaven. She gives glory to Christ for having accomplished his salvation in his glorified members. Their example encourages her to be her on her way to the Father. 1196. The faithful who celebrate the liturgy of the hours are united to Christ, our high priest, by the prayer of the Psalms, meditation on the word of God, and canticles and blessings, in order to be joined with the unceasing and universal prayer that gives glory to the Father and implores the gift of the Holy Spirit on the whole world. 1197. Christ is the true temple of God, the place where his glory dwells. By the grace of God, Christians also become temples of the Holy Spirit, living stones out of which the church is built. 1198. In its earthly state, the church needs places where the community can gather together. Our visible churches, holy places, are images of the holy city, the heavenly Jerusalem, towards which we are making our way on pilgrimage. 1199. It is in these churches that the church celebrates public worship to the glory of the Holy Trinity, hears the word of God and sings his praise, lifts up her prayer and offers the sacrifice of Christ sacramentally present in the midst of the assembly. These churches are also places of reconciliation and personal prayers. Very good. So tomorrow we'll continue. And tomorrow we're going to look at numbers 1179 through 11. Sorry, excuse me, the numbers 1200 through 1206. God bless.